Hello, this is Saul Gonzalez, lead pastor of Lifehouse Church, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you so very much for joining us today. I believe that through this message, God will encourage you, challenge you, and better yet, change you for the glory of God and for the purposes God has called you. Enjoy this message. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you're here. Turn to your second choice, your other neighbor, and tell them, I'm so glad you're here too. So you guys go ahead and grab a seat. I'm so honored to be with you guys here today. Um, quick, short, two-hour drive from Los Angeles to get up here. And I uh, really enjoyed my time with your youth uh, yesterday. And I really believe that God is doing something special with young people. And I really believe that there's, it's a new season for God to do something. And I'm, I'm proud of you, Gustavo, for for taking this and running with it and just, just serving so much. And your wife obviously makes you the man you are. So uh, Daria, you're amazing. And I'm so glad to be here. I got a chance to hang out with your pastor yesterday. What an amazing guy. You guys love Pastor Saul. What an amazing man. And uh, just, I just like, those are the guys people I want to hang out with more often, right? But uh, my name is Mish, like I said. Um, I got a picture here of my family. I come here alone today, but my family travels with me in spirit. So I got a little, a qu- quick little picture from the 4th of July. There it is. This was our 4th of July picture. And uh, we, we are proud to be living in such an amazing country, amen? And uh, my wife and I, we both immigrated here. I immigrated from the country of Moldova, and my, my wife is from Lithuania. I came when I was six years old. She came when she was 12. And, so, and then my girls were born in the good old U.S. of A. God bless America. My oldest one is Aria. She's my miracle baby. I'll tell you about her in just a second. And then my younger one is Vienna. Isn't that the cutest name ever? I was in the city of Vienna um, at a conference there, and I just fell in love with... With, uh, with the name when the city came back. And we talked in, uh, and so we talked with my wife and she's like, let's do it. So her name is Vienna. And Aria, she's my miracle baby. I don't know, maybe you guys have miracle children in your life, but she's an amazing story. I'll never forget, I don't wanna go into the crazy details, but I'll never forget the moment when the doctor turns to me and he says, there's nothing else we can do for her. And at that point, she was lifeless. Her, none of her organs were functioning. Her heart wasn't beating lungs, nothing, nothing was happening. She was, she, her body was purple. And she's like, he's like, I'm so sorry. They had all these things connected to her. They're, they're taking all these things off of her. And the doctor turns to me and says, I'm so sorry. There's nothing else we can do. Have your last moments with her. That's a pretty, that's a pretty life-changing moment, if you ask me, you know what I mean? For, for anybody. And in that moment, I did the only thing I knew how to do. It's called, the Bible says, call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. How many of you guys know that salvation isn't just for your spirit to be saved? How many of you know he wants us to be sanctified completely, as it says in First in uh, in uh, where is that? First Thessalonians. I knew it was there somewhere. First Thessalonians says, "I wish that you'd be sanctified completely, your body, your your spirit, your soul, and your body. Salvation is for the whole man. Come on, salvation for the spirit—that's forgiveness. We call that forgiveness. How many of you guys know the, the word salvation in the original in the original language is the word sozo, and sozo means so much more than just so salvation for the spirit—that's forgiveness." Salvation for the soul, that's deliverance. Salvation for the body, that's healing. So we're saved, we're healed and delivered. All, all of that together, we're forgiven. All of that's in the package. So when he says, call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved, I don't want just me to be saved to get to heaven. I want my whole being to live the way God called me to live, amen? And so I did the only thing I knew how to do. I stretched out my hands forward, prayed a 15 second prayer. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I command life into your body. Because the word of God says that Jesus came to give life and life how? Abundantly. It's the enemy. The devil comes to do what? To kill, to steal, and to destroy. That is not the work of God. That is the work of the enemy. 
And so in that moment, I did the only thing I knew how to do. I was like, God, I just released, I, re- I release your presence over her. I command her body to come into alignment with your perfect will. She has not fulfilled her purpose yet. It's not her time to go. She's gonna be on this earth and she's gonna do great things for you. I prayed a 15 second prayer. Within five seconds of that prayer, all this, everything's already detached. All the, the stuff, she had all these machines. I don't, I'm not a medical person. I just saw a whole lot of stuff. It looked like, it looked like, a, the, like the, sound, the sound thing in the, you know, uh, in the church. When you go to the sound room, it's like all this stuff everywhere. And she's like, what is it? I don't know what it does, wires. And, uh, and all of a sudden with her there, the nurses are leaving the room. I had a couple people still there. And all of a sudden I prayed. And to the amazement of the doctors and everybody that was there, all of a sudden out of nowhere, this breath comes out of her. The, the doctor already walked out of the room. He said, have your last words. You know, the nurse is there um, and nurse runs out. And she starts yelling, come back. There's, 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 I don't even know what she yelled. She yelled something in the, in, in the, in the hallway. They start running back in and they start putting all this stuff. And I'm like, listen, you guys tried the first time. It didn't work. Let God do it the second time. But so now she's, she's four and a half years old. Amazing. And doctor said this, he said, he said, Hey, we just want you to know that a, a person that doesn't breathe for that long in their important development stage of their life at the very beginning, like they're, they're going to have a problem with with, um, with their mind, they're gonna have a problem with their, with their physical development. So we just wanna let you know about that. I'm telling you, well, my daughter speaks two languages. She speaks Russian, she speaks English. She's at the top, top of her preschool class. She's incredible, totally, totally perfect and brilliant and incredible. Come on, that's my God, amen? That's my family. And I wanna talk to you today from the subject, the law of faith. Go with me in your Bibles to the book of Romans, the book uh, to the Italians. They were definitely eating, you know, fettuccine Alfredo or something over there. And Paul's writing to the book, uh, Paul's writing the book of Romans to the, to, to, the, to the people in Rome. And he says this in chapter three, verse 27, he says this, he says, when, um, where then is boasting? It has been excluded. By what kind of law? Of works? No. I think that was a loud no. I think Paul was like, no, you Italians. Put down your fettuccine, Alfredo, Mario, and Luigi, and I got something to tell you right now. And he says, listen, he says, it's not by your works, but it's by the law of, help me out, church, faith. And so he introduces this idea of the law of faith. You know, there's different kinds of laws, right? In this world, we have, we have different kinds of laws. We have, we have the law that if I let this go, what's gonna happen? Fall. It's called the law of gravity. You guys are brilliant. You guys paid attention to school. Good job. And, uh, and so the law of gravity, right? But how many of you guys know that there is laws that supersede other laws, right? So the law that supersedes gravity is the law of thermodynamics. Ever been in an airplane before? Come on now. And so when you're in an airplane, it's the law of thermodynamics is, is, is when you have enough speed and you got enough whatever. I don't, I don't know all the science behind it, but the law of thermodynamics defies the law of gravity. And no longer is the airplane pulled down to the earth because of what's happening right? And so there are laws that go beyond laws. But today I want to talk to you about the law that is the end all be all law. It is the law that there's no law above this law. And Paul is talking to the, to, to the, to the Roman church and he's saying, listen guys, it's not about what you do. Your works don't matter. In fact, there's a, there's a passage in the Bible that says that your, that your works are like filthy rags. I don't know why, but religion teaches, every religion teaches this, including some Christianity, which is sad, but they teach that if you do, then you become. If I follow the four noble truths in Buddhism or the 12 fold path, or if I follow the Quran, if I, if I, then I, 
If I do something, then I become something. Sadly, Christianity has taken the same approach. That if I look like I'm holy, then I become holy. If I act pure, then that means I will be pure. But actually, Jesus said it's not about your works, but actually it's about the faith and what you believe in. Because Jesus says the moment you accept him as your savior, your spirit comes alive and now you have salvation for your spirit. You have forgiveness for your spirit. And now uh, he says that you are now the right, Paul says you are the righteousness of God. So you become righteous the moment you say yes to him, not by doing what you're supposed to do. And because of, so religion says, if I do the righteous things, I become righteous or whatever, whatever it looks like, right? But in the, but the Bible is, is a counterculture. It's, it's a kingdom that's upside down. And the kingdom is because I am the righteousness of Christ. And when I know who I am, the problem with believers is they have no idea who they are. But when we realize who we are, now we begin to live like who we are. We don't try to become righteous, but because we are the righteousness of Christ in our spirit. Because how many of you guys know that right now in your spirit, you are 100% just like Jesus? Now your body guys have got a long way to go. Your mind got a lot of transformation to do, but your spirit is 100% perfect. That's why there's verses in the Bible that say you are righteous. That's why there's verses in the Bible that say you're perfect. How can I be perfect? Me, you know what I did last weekend? Yeah, your body did that and your mind did that, but your spirit is just like Jesus. And when you realize who you are and the core of who you are, all of a sudden everything else begins to look like that. The problem isn't your works, the problem is your revelation. The problem is when your mind begins to be transformed, all of a sudden your works begin to be transformed. That's why the Bible never says, do not be conformed to the system, but be transformed by changing the way you do things. No, by what? By changing, by renewing your mindset. When you renew your mindset, that's your soul, your soul receives from your spirit. So we got our spirit, we got our soul, we got our body, right? So your soul, your mind, your intellect, your revelation, you begin to receive from what's in the spirit. When you receive from what's in the spirit, all of a sudden now you think it and then all of a sudden you begin to live it. And so here Paul's talking about this law of faith. And he's saying, listen, it's not about what you do. It's about what you believe. It's about what you believe. And the law of faith is the highest law. I'll prove it to you. Because did you know that, the, that faith is the only, is the only idea, if, if I can call it that, that is in the gifts of the spirit and also in the fruit of the spirit. Do you know that? It's a gift because there's faith, healing, miracles, right? Tongues, interpretation of tongues, um, distinguishing spirits. There is word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and I'm missing one more, prophecy. There it is. There's the nine, right? And faith is one of the nine. Also, faith is one of the nine of the fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. The old King James says faith. Or the newer translation say faithfulness, which is faithful, full of faith, faithful. So faith is a fruit of the spirit and faith is also a gift of the spirit. And what's interesting, when Paul talks about the fruit of the spirit in Galatians chapter five, he ends it with this phrase. And I love this phrase. He says, above such or against such, there is no law. You know what that means? It's the highest law. There's no such a thing as like, oh, there's the law of gravity and then there's a greater law, thermodynamics. No, no, no. He says, above this, there is no law. Or, or, or this translation says, against such, there is no law. With that, here's what that means. That means when you show love to someone who's slapping you, when you show love to someone who's hurting you, who's stealing from you, when you show love, when you show joy, when you show peace, patience, 
guess what? You win. It may look like in that moment you lost, but you actually won because against such there is no law. There's no law against love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Come on now. Self-control, some of us now need to manifest that one a little bit better, right? In Jesus' name, receive it. And so when we realize that faith, there's no law above faith. And Paul's introducing it. There's nothing that you can do. There's nothing else that's even matched to the law of faith. And I, I love in Hebrews, it says this, Hebrews chapter 11, which is, the, which is we call it the hall of faith, right? Where all the people who walked in faith. And I love how it says in verse six, he says that without faith, it is what? Impossible to what? Please God. Your good works cannot please God if you don't do them without faith. You serving at the church without faith doesn't please him. You loving your wife without doing it in real love and without faith, without believing it, it doesn't. But with anything you do in faith, all of a sudden he's like, that's my guy. Ooh, there's something, there's something that happens in the spiritual world when we believe, we begin to activate stuff. I'm telling you, when we believe, then we can love better. When we believe, we serve better. When we believe, all of a sudden, we, everything about us is better. I said, I said this last night. We were not created. We were not created to serve God. We were not created to worship God. We were not created to obey God. Hold on a second before you tweet that or before you put that, cut that picture out and put it on a live stream. Let me explain what I mean by that. God already had angels serving him. He already had angels obeying him. He already had angels bowing to him, doing everything he needed. He did not need more of it. He already had them. But what he didn't have with them is he didn't have a relationship because they were not made like him. Angels are not made in the image of God. And so he says, I already have all that, but now what I want is I want someone to have a relationship with me that looks like me, that has my spirit, that has my DNA, and I want relationship. And because of our relationship, of course we serve God. Because of our relationship, of course we serve God. Um, we obey God. Of course we do all these things. We're faithful because of love. In the same way that with my wife, because I love her, I serve her. Come on now. Because I love her, I obey her. <laughs> That was a little bit harder to say sometimes, right? But love, we do that naturally. And we're trying to get people to do the stuff and then you can have a relationship. No, 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 it's the opposite actually. In the kingdom, it's the opposite. We first are created out of relationship for relationship. Let us make man in our image, us. Who's us? The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Let us, out of community, out of oneness, out of relationship, he created us for relationship. We're created from it for it. Amen? That was for free. Romans 1.17 says this, for the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, but the righteous will live by faith. What determines your righteousness? Your faith, not your works, your faith. Because when you're righteous, now you begin to live it because that's the DNA of what makes you righteous, your faith in him. And I'm telling you what, I, I don't know what you're going through today, but I'm here to talk to someone today that today's the day where your faith is about to be elevated to a new level. We're about to go from faith to faith. Can I tell you something? Faith is in the spirit. Faith is not in the soul or the, or the body. Faith is in the spirit. That's why it's in the fruit of the spirit and the gift of the spirit. So it's in the, the third compartment of, or the first compartment of us is the spirit. We are spirit. We have a soul. That's what makes us unique, our personality, right? And then we're, we're in a body. We're all very different. But our spirit is exactly the same. It's the spirit of Jesus, Jesus had, same thing. Isn't that amazing? You got the same thing Jesus had. 
That's awesome. That's what the Bible says. Don't believe me, read the Bible. And so check this out. So faith exists in the spirit. Everything in the spirit is already perfect. You have perfect love, perfect joy, perfect peace, patience in the spirit. You have miracles in the spirit. You have healing in the spirit. Everything is perfect in the spirit. So Mish, then why does the Bible say we go from faith to faith? Let me explain to you what that means. It doesn't mean that you have more faith all of a sudden in your spirit. Your sp- you right now have perfect faith. You right now in this moment have the exact same faith Jesus had in your spirit. The problem is you're not pulling out from your spirit into your soul. Your mind is not being renewed. And so as your mind gets renewed, we go from faith to more faith. Not because we are getting a a higher level of faith because there's there's no such a thing as a junior Holy Spirit or a senior Holy Spirit, right? There's only one. The same Holy Spirit that the person gets at the day of salvation is the same Holy Spirit Jesus had. There's no such a thing of, I got a better Holy Spirit than you got. I can do more. No, no, we all have the same spirit which means we have the same actions of the Holy Spirit available to us. Right now, you already have perfect love in the Spirit. You just don't have a revelation of perfect love, so you cannot access what you don't have a revelation of. There are things that my phone can do, but if I don't know they can do it, if I don't know my phone can do airdrop, I can't use airdrop. If I don't know that my phone, that if I touch my space bar, the cursor moves around, If I don't know about that function, I cannot use that function. It's the same in the spirit. There are things about you that the only reason you're not using them is because you don't have a revelation of them. So faith is something that is already in you. It's in the fruit of the spirit and it's in the the gift of the spirit. It's already available for you. The problem is now my mind needs to be renewed so I can receive from the spirit and all of a sudden now I begin to live it. And so Paul says now we live by faith. I want to share a story real quick. The last few minutes, um, in Numbers chapter twenty-seven, I love I love this story in the book of Numbers. Numbers is is something that we look over because we get stuck in Leviticus and we just never make it to Numbers because Leviticus is just so like we, we don't get it, we don't understand it. We have to read it with a dictionary. We're like, what is he talking about? We stop. The book of Numbers is amazing. There's this powerful story, and it's the story of what happened. I want to read it to you real quick. It's Numbers chapter twenty-seven. We're going to start in verse one. It says this: Then the daughters of Zelophehad, the son of Hefer. Uh, son of Gilead, son of Mekur, son of uh, sons, a lot of sons, right? So watch this. Came, the daughters came forward and these were their names. We're not gonna read their names. There's their names. Verse two, they stood before Moses, the priest Eleazar, before the leaders and the congregation at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And here's what they said. Now imagine this, these four daughters, sorry, five daughters of Zelophehad. They came First of all, you have to understand the culture at the time is women are not on the same scale of male. There was a law at the time that said that if a father dies, the the property goes to the son. If the father doesn't have a son, then the money goes somewhere else. So these five daughters, there was no son. And clearly this guy had a lot of property. Clearly this guy had wealth because they wouldn't be fighting for it if there wasn't much wealth. Clearly this guy, there was something there. And these women have been taken care of their whole lives. They're probably moms now. They probably have their kids taken care of because of the wealth that their father built. Now their father in old age died. So check out what happens. So they show up before Moses, five women. How many of you guys know women are powerful? How many of you guys know we need some more powerful women that know who they are in God? Because women can change history. And sometimes we've diminished women in in different cultures. And in the Hebrew culture, that, that was one of the things that happened. And check out what happens. Verse three, so here's what they say in verse three. Our father died in the wilderness um, and among the group, there was, uh, they were gathered there 
um, together against the Lord, da, 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 da. And he died in his, in his own sin. He had no sons. Verse four, why should the name of our father be withdrawn from among the family? Simply because he had no son. And the, here's what the women are now saying to Moses. They have the audacity to go against the law. And if you notice, God gave the 10 commandments, right? And then Moses said, you know what, God, 10 is cool, but that's not enough. So he made 300 more. And a lot of it was cultural stuff. It wasn't God's stuff. It was cultural stuff. But the thing is, God still blessed it. And that's why it's never called in the Bible, the law of God. It's always called the law of Moses for another time. So watch this. So they come against the law, which was blessed by God. And now they're speaking against the law. And here's what they say. Give us the property from among our father's brothers. And I love verse five. So Moses brought their case before the Lord. I love this because what Moses could have done, Moses could have said, sorry, the law says on page 562.35b says this, you are not gonna get the property because you're not a man. That's what Moses could have and should have done. That's what the law said to do. The law that, it was, that Moses released and that God blessed and they began to function through these different laws. And that was one of the laws. He should have easily said, I don't even know why you're here. First of all, you're women. You shouldn't even be in the presence of me, Moses, the priest Eleazar, between these leaders and officials. Like, what are you guys even doing here? Get out. Easy. And guess what? It wouldn't have been offensive at the time. It wouldn't have been wrong. It would have, wouldn't have been politically incorrect. In fact, that was how the culture was at the time. But these women were driven by faith. And when faith is in you, you do the crazy stuff. I remember my youth pastor said this and I've stolen this from him. He used to say this, that when you do the ridiculous, God will do the miraculous. Now that doesn't mean you go do stupid things. What that means is you do things in faith. It's gonna look ridiculous sometimes, but sometimes that's what it takes when you do something that's outside of the norm of society, all of a sudden God comes and he begins to breathe on it and something begins to take place. And I love this, that when we begin to step out in faith, and I'm telling you what, all of a sudden these women, they begin to step out in faith and they say, hey Moses, listen to us. This is not okay. This is not the will of God. So Moses was like, wow, I think the reason Moses went to God isn't because Moses forgot what the law said. I think, but maybe he saw something in them. Maybe he looked at him and said, wow, there's some, there's some, there's some, there's some faith in there. This is, this is different. He's like, you know what? You moved me because faith moves not only God, but also moves people. And I think that Moses in that moment was like, whoo, imagine they're going against the law of the land. Moses is like, okay, I'll go to God. I love that Moses did that because what it shows is relationship over religion always wins. Relationship always is more important than you just doing for the sake of doing. Could it be that a bunch of things that we have are so cultural, but they were never God? Could it be? And so check this out. So Moses goes to God and here's what God says to Moses, verse seven. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. Oh, this is good. The daughters of Zelophehad had our right Moses, AKA, you are wrong. The law that you created, that was not from my heart. That was you interpreted it through your own culture. And sometimes we interpret what God wants to do through our own eyes and through our culture. And so God comes to Moses against the law that God blessed. But faith does something. I'm telling you what, when you tap into faith, it begins to do something supernatural. And all of a sudden, watch this. Um, he says, they are right. You shall certainly give the property from among the father's brothers and you shall transfer the inheritance of the father to them. 
And not only that, faith doesn't just transform your situation. Faith doesn't just do something for you, but faith touches everybody around you. Watch this. Not only that, look at verse eight. Further, God says to Moses, you shall speak to the sons of Israel saying, if a man dies and has no son, then you shall transfer the inheritance to his daughters. And all of a sudden God changed the whole law because Moses is like, you know what? There's some, these women, they're walking in something. There's some faith on here. There's something here. And all of a sudden he goes to God and God says, they're absolutely right. And he saw all of a sudden they come to God and God's like, not only are they gonna be blessed, but everybody in this nation now will be blessed from now on. You know what faith does? Faith changes the course of history. Remember the woman who was, um, who, um, she was a Canaanite. She was a Gentile and Jesus came for the Jews. It wasn't until Acts chapter 10 that the Gentiles received the gospel. Remember the woman, she was a Gentile. She came, her daughter was severely oppressed by a demon. Crazy situation. She comes, she, uh, she comes to Jesus and all of a sudden, um, Jesus is testing her, all this, this whole thing happens, the whole story lays out. And at the end, Jesus is like, wow. He's like, oh, woman. I love how he, even Matthew puts this word, oh, in there. He's like, oh, it's almost like this emotion from Jesus. He's like, wow, wow, oh, woman. Great is your faith. As your faith, so be it unto you. And she became the very first miracle on Gentile territory. I believe there are some very first miracles or some very first moments that God wants to do through you that begin to transform the course of history in the city, in this church, in this youth ministry, come on, in your families. I believe there's something God wants to do. But the problem is we are trusting in what we see more than what he says. There's a difference between fact and truth. Fact is always changing. COVID, great example. Fact, this is how this is what it is. This is what it does. Next month, actually, it's like this. No, no, actually, we have more data now. It's like this. Fact is always changing. Now, fact doesn't mean it's wrong. Fact just means we don't have all the information. But guess what truth is? Has all the information. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Truth never changes. Your facts do. I don't want to put my trust in, in fact. I want to put my trust in faith. Come on now. In him, in truth. That's where I want to put my faith. So when my daughter was laying there on the hospital bed and doctors said, there's nothing else we can do. They gave me fact. Now that was the situation. But the thing is, the law of truth will always supersede the law of fact because fact is always changing. In fact, it's developing. But the thing is, truth never changes, right? And so all of a sudden the truth says, Jesus came to give life and life abundantly. So in that moment, I had a chance. Do I believe the fact of the situation or do I believe the truth of what Jesus said? Because I read in my Bible that it says that all his promises are always yes and amen. You know, the yes is his part. The amen is our part. Yes is him saying yes. Amen, is, amen means let it be so. We're agreeing with his yes, which brings it into reality. The yes is the grace. The amen is the faith. The grace gives faith receives. Grace gave a lot of things, but for some reason, our faith is not receiving the things he's given us. And so all of a sudden, in that moment, I had a choice. Do I believe this or do I believe that? And I said, no, Jesus, I believe your words are more real than what the doctors have said. I thank you for doctors, but I know doctors have a limit and a lid, but you have no limit. You are limitless. 
You are the God of the impossible. And so what do you put your faith in? Can we stand up on our feet? If I get the worship team to come back up here, we're wrapping this thing up. I don't know what it is that you're having a hard time believing today, but I believe God brought me here to Bakersfield, to this church, to, to revive some faith in this place. I believe this is gonna be a church that's gonna walk in signs and wonders and miracles. This is a church that's gonna see healing. This is a church that's gonna see the supernatural of God. And I really felt as I was praying, God said, there's gonna be financial breakthroughs um, here today. There's going to be healings here today. There's going to be, um, I, I really felt like even God said that there's going to be people who have addictions that are going to be broken off, broken off. Because it's time that we begin to have the law of faith, just like these five women that changed the course of history. I love it. It wasn't even men. It was women. My God, I love that. It doesn't matter who you are. What matters is what you believe, what's on the inside of you. And the moment we say yes to him, everything gets transformed. Now, if you're here today and you've never invited Jesus Christ into your life, that's the first level of faith. The Bible says to each is given a measure of faith. So he even gives you the faith to believe in him. And that faith is here today. If you've never invited Jesus Christ to become your savior, to become your Lord, you can't even operate in the next level of faith. You can't defy the laws of this world without faith. And the way it starts is by you saying, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you're my savior. I believe that you're my Lord. And if you're here today, would you be so bold? Because I'm here, I believe God brought me here to activate some faith in some people. There's gonna be some equipping of some faith in some people. But to get to that, we must, number one, we must be alive in our spirit because in our spirit is the compartment that, that has the fruit of faith and the gift of faith is our spirit. And our spirit needs to come alive. And the spirit comes alive the moment we say, yes, Jesus, you're my savior, you're my Lord. You died on the cross, you took all my sin. And now you receive me as your child. If you're here today and you're so bold to say, you know what? I'm here and I'm ready to make that decision. I'm ready to give my, my whole life complete. I want you just to lift your hand. Is there anybody here who says, I want to give my life to Jesus. Thank you for the hand. Thank you, one, two. Anybody else here? Anybody else here? Three, anybody else? Hey, maybe you're watching online and you're here and you're wondering, man, I want to do this. You can pray this prayer too. Is there anybody else here? Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Anybody else? Thank you, thank you, thank you. I want this whole church, and if you're watching online, I want you guys to pray this prayer with me. Are you ready? Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me, for giving your life for me. You took away all my sin, took it on yourself, and gave me your righteousness. And today, I accept it. I receive my forgiveness. I receive that gift of salvation. And today, I become your child in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come on, that's the greatest miracle. If you made that decision today, please come talk to a leader. Leaders, can you guys lift your hands? Please, please, uh, we've got some leaders lifting our hands. Please come tell them, tell them the decision you made. If you're watching online, email, figure out a way to contact the church because we want to get you plugged into what God is doing. Amen. Thank you so very much for joining us today on the LifeHouse podcast. I pray and hope this message has encouraged, inspired, and challenged you to grow closer to God. If you would like to be a part of what God is doing here at LifeHouse, visit our website at lifehousechurch.com. That's lifehousechurch.com for more information or consider subscribing and share it with one of your friends and family. Thank you again for being part of our journey, your journey, that will lead you to know God better, grow together, and go serve and make a difference. Thank you again. God bless you. See you next time.